Coming up next, the five Minnesota Vikings X-Factors on the 53-man roster on today's Minnesota Sports Rankum. This is Minnesota Sports Rankum, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. It's the show that settles debates and starts new ones. Minnesota Sports Rank. I'm on Locked on Sports Minnesota. Welcome in. I'm Sam Ekstrom, part of the Ron Johnson Show, the Minnesota Football Party, and this very show, Minnesota Sports Rank, which every Thursday ranks top five lists in local sports. And this week, we focus on the Minnesota Vikings 53-man roster. Myself and sidekick Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman, giving you five names off the Vikings at least for now, 53-man roster that we think could have big impacts on the regular season, but not the big names, not the Justin Jeffersons, not the Kirk Cousins, the unsung heroes, the little guys, the guys that snuck on who were on the bubble who might actually pay big dividends for the Vikings down the road. Luke, we've been following these roster cuts for the last 24 hours. Uh, Luke, it's a fluid situation. There's still some roster movement, but for the most part, we think we know who's going to be suiting up for the Vikings in week one. Yeah, very fluid situation. I'm just really excited with so much action going on these last 48 hours or so here, Sam, to go through some of our favorite hidden gems that found a spot on the Vikings final 53. Like you said, for now, and just to compare and contrast these lists like we always do, it's going to be fun. The show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Head to FanDuel.com slash Locked On and make every moment more. And be sure to subscribe for free Wherever you get your podcasts, we're also, of course, on video, the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Luke Inman, kick us off with your number five, my man. Yeah, number five on my list. The guy who is probably most likely to get waived or let go if and when they do bring someone else in. But I will say, Theo Jackson, the safety brought in from Tennessee this offseason, has really impressed me with his ability to carve out this backup role to Josh Metellus in that three safety package and use almost as a joker at times, playing all over the field, up, down, inside, outside, you name it, Flores is moving those guys all around. And I've said it before, but it's such a unique, specific role Metellus is playing. If you were to ever go down, as of now, it feels like Theo Jackson's spot is next in line. He's the guy who's potentially going to be the starter from there on out and the primary backup throughout various parts of camp, throughout preseason. So everything we've seen, that's an indicator um, that Theo Jackson would be next in line for this three-safety package. We already know, watching training camp, watching OTAs, watching preseason, just how many three-safety packages Brian Flores is going to want to deploy in 2023. So he's definitely a surprise addition, I think, to this final 53, Sam. And because of that, again, he's probably the first on the chopping block as more moves are made. But if he can just make it to the regular season, I think as that season rolls on and guys start getting hurt, Theo Jackson could be on the field a lot more than people think. So he comes in at number five on my list. That's a good one, Luke. I'm going to go special teams with my number five, and it's Najee Thompson. Controversial add onto this Vikings roster. Nobody knew who he was a couple weeks ago. Makes a big splashy play in the Seattle game. Big splashy play in the Tennessee game, and unfortunately got hurt in that game. Didn't see him against Arizona, but that was enough, Luke. That's all it took for Najee Thompson to make an impact as a special teams ace gunner on this team 
That's what he did exclusively in college almost at Georgia Southern. Credit to the Vikings for finding this guy. We'll talk a lot more about him on tomorrow's Minnesota, or on today's, I should say, Minnesota football party with Arif Hassan and Luke Braun. Um, but Najee Thompson is the new Dan Chisena. He's on this team just for his special team's prowess, and I think he's better than Dan Chisena. Seems like he's got a little more physicality. He can tackle. He's got speed. Uh, he can get around the jammer. Really, really impressive stuff in the preseason, at least. And that could be a big field flipper for the Vikings. If you've got Ryan Wright's leg and Najee Thompson's gunning, uh, we could see a pretty stingy punt coverage unit for the Minnesota Vikings. And that's a subtle way to play complimentary football, Luke, when you can count on 45, 50 yards net punt every time, flip the field and play the field position game. Najee Thompson's going to help with that. Yeah, we tend to gloss over it quite a bit. Special teams is a little bit boring of the three phases, but man, clearly it's still such an important piece to the NFL game in today's day and age. And clearly it's something that the coaches still really emphasize and value quite a bit as well. So to see him land on that final 53, that surprised a lot of people quite a bit, but I think he's going to play a big factor this year. And you may see him on my list as we keep moving down. Let's jump to number four on my list. Let's go to the defensive line, Sam, because we talked at nauseum just how difficult it was going to be to decipher one guy from the next, who was in, who was out. But now that we got our answers here, and we know Jonathan Bullard was the guy who survived that group of about seven other names, by the way. Sezioda Mewo, TJ Smith looked good in preseason. Sheldon Day had some good highlights as well. Uh, the fact that they also only kept five of these guys, that tells me you're going to see a lot of these five playing a lot more football throughout the entire season. And that means Bullard is going to be much more than just a behind-the-scenes rotational guy. He's going to get a lot of action. And God forbid anybody would ever go down, knock on wood, he's likely the next guy in line to start over Jaquelin Roy because Jaquelin Roy, he's just a rookie. Uh, I'm so glad he made the team. Of course, he's flashed a little bit, but we haven't even seen him play a real NFL snap yet, Sam. So Bullard, the first in line, I think, uh, of those two backups, to get potential starting, uh, you know, time some point throughout the season. I like the thought process too, Sam, of them keeping an older veteran in this group. He's shown a little bit more wiggle over the last few years, a little bit more pass rush ability, especially on third downs. And even though not many picked him, really, I, I couldn't name more than two or three guys that I talked to through Vikings Twitter and fans that had Jonathan Bullard on their final 53. I think you could see him now be an intricate part of this defensive line group in 2023 so Jonathan Bullard if you remember Sam my old draft crush from the Florida Gators drafted in the third round by the Bears still kicking it in the NFL he's number four on my list yeah not too shabby uh my number four is your number five it's Theo Jackson now this worries me as we're recording the Vikings have signed a tackle David Questenberry we haven't seen the corresponding move I do worry about safety six being cut loose I would think he'd be a practice squad guy, um, if not on the active roster. But Theo Jackson, I mean, we're talking about surprises in the secondary. Najee Thompson certainly won. Uh, but Theo Jackson really came out of nowhere. He was with the twos early on, and and we kind of quizzically raised our eyebrow and said, Well, how you know, where did this guy come from? Remember, he was with the team last year. He was on the practice squad for a good chunk of last season. And clearly showed them enough to earn an invite back to camp. And they were training him in that Josh Metellus role. So like you said, if Josh Metellus went down, this guy has the ability to move up in the box. And that's not something you can say about all the Viking safeties. So in that particular sub package, Theo Jackson might be higher on the depth chart than a 
quote unquote safety six. So keep an eye on Theo uh, special teams as well. Uh, that's where he will be super involved if he's active on game days. Yeah, as uh, you just uh, kind of unveiled your number four, Vikings signed another offensive lineman. This one to the practice squad, Tyrese Robinson, a rookie from Oklahoma last year. But again, a lot of moving, a lot of shaking, very fluid situation, uh, especially when we're talking about these, I don't want to say bottom of the barrel guys, but clearly, Sam, you know, uh, probably the first prone to be moved or waived or released uh, as more moves continue to come through today. Uh, let me jump to number three. Uh, this guy was probably never in jeopardy to not make the team, but he's a backup who I just don't think gets talked about a ton or gets a lot of love, doesn't really get his 15 minutes of fame. And I'm just going to go on record right now, Sam, and I'm going to say, especially now that they only kept eight offensive linemen, Blake Brandle, I think he's poised to potentially play a much bigger role and be out on the field a lot more than people think right now. Uh, it's a guy who arguably he could be the first backup if anyone were to go down in at least three different positions, if not four. And whether it's Ed Ingram or Ezra Cleveland, for that matter, not playing well and they just want to see what uh, Blake Brandle's got. Um, it could be somebody like Christian Derrissaw getting dinged up. I think Blake Brandle could end up starting a handful of more games like he did last season. And he's a guy who, if you listen to a lot of these press conferences the last month, coaches have spoken very highly about every chance they get. They clearly, they, they really like how he's responded to the switch inside. Remember, a lot was made about, oh, he was a tackle last year. Now you're moving him inside of the guard. He's responded very well in the coach's eyes anyways. He's shown that great versatility through OTAs mini camp, training camp, and now even these preseason games. So just keep that one in the back of your mind. Blake Brandle, a potential savior on the offensive line. The perfect piece, though, to the offensive line puzzle the Vikings have in their back pocket this year. Yes, yeah, certainly their preferred backup, I think, at the two guard spots. You've got Schlotman, your backup center, and we don't know how they feel about Questenberry at this point. They just signed him. Maybe that becomes your preferred tackle um, in front of Oliudo. But Blake Brandle, and it, it's unrealistic to think you're going to be fully healthy all year on the offensive line. Brandle could definitely see some time on the inside, maybe even the outside as well. I like that. We're at the halfway point of the show, and that is where I tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook and the great promotions they have at America's number one sportsbook and the FanDuel Sportsbook app. If you are a new customer, spend five bucks, get 200. 40 times your money in bonus bets. Put it down on... You know, one of the hundreds of things that FanDuel offers for you to wager on, fanduel.com slash locked on. And hey, all customers, not just new customers, all customers can bet five, get $100 off the new NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube or YouTube TV, the new home of NFL Sunday ticket. You can watch the Vikings from out of state. If you just bet $5 on FanDuel, get $100 off that new package on YouTube TV. Great promotions all the time at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel Sportsbook app, super easy to use. It's the place to be for football season. So check out those new, those new promotions today. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. And that leads us to my number three. You went Bullard. I'm going to go Jaquelin Roy. Jaquelin Roy, who I think made a name for himself in the summer when he was working a lot with the twos and even rotating in with the ones occasionally as a, uh, as a college player at LSU. Really sound run defender, a uh, little wiggle in the pass rush, uh, a good... The Vikings haven't had a lot of pressure from the interior, Luke. They've had a lot of big bodies that could stuff the run, 
Uh, they've had some, you know, medium-sized players that were sort of assignment sound. They didn't have a lot. They haven't had a guy since Sharif Floyd that could get after the passer. I'm not saying Jaqueline Roy is Sharif Floyd. Sharif Floyd was a first-round pick. But this is the type of player the Vikings haven't really had, I think. He's got the skill set to provide pressure from the inside. And when you only have five defensive linemen, I think Roy will be suiting up on game days. I think he's part of your 48-man active roster and could be used in sub-packages. So Jaqueline and Roy, give him 20 snaps a game, see what he can do. Remember, we saw Asesiota Maywell, for instance, get glimpses last year, got a few chances here and there to make a name for himself. Uh, he's cut now. Jaqueline and Roy might be in that role. A chance to shine as a rookie at a fairly thin position group for the Vikings. Yeah, really glad you called him out because a lot of people saw Dwayne McBride get cut, the first guy the Vikings have lost now or let go from this 2023 rookie class. But meanwhile, while that's a kind of a Debbie Downer situation, meanwhile, you got guys like Jaquel and Roy here, Sam, who really flashed, really popped on the tape. That last preseason game, Jay Ward went off, obviously had the big splash play, sack, strip fumble as well. And then also guys like, you know, we're still waiting to see Jordan Addison in a full-time Adam Thielen type of role as well. Um, I know it's early, but I feel pretty good about where this draft class is headed, even though they let go of Dwayne McBride, a seventh-round pick, no less, yesterday, who, by the way, could still end up on the practice squad. Let me jump to my number two, a guy no one had on their radar up until about five hours ago, Sam, Miles Gaskin. He's already the running back three at minimum now with Kenne out. He could potentially leapfrog Ty Chandler for the running back two spot by the time we get, I don't know, two, three weeks into the season. Might not take long. Obviously, again, I'd mentioned it, Dwayne McBride experiment. That didn't go as planned. But to swap Dwayne McBride out now for a guy like Gaskin, who he was the Dolphins' leading rusher two years in a row under Brian Flores, a guy who's caught over 100 passes. He's still only 26 years old. A lot of tread left on the tires. Uh, he may not be this alpha A1 workhorse Derrick Henry kind of running back you drop, but once you can get past that, Sam, he checks a lot of boxes you're looking for in that third down kind of scat back type of player. He could be a huge factor this season. And what we already know is going to be this new look running back by committee rotation KOC is going to deploy this year. Um, He's got the experience. He's got the reliability. I know Kevin O'Connell is going to prefer in various occasions uh, during you know specific weekly game plans, I think. Uh, but Miles Gaskin, man, he's even got some kick return experience in his bag of tricks. He's going to come in at number two on my list. I, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped, low-key pumped about Miles Gaskin here, Sam. Yeah, that could be your RB2. Yeah. We talked all training camp about RB2, and it might be the guy that wasn't even in training camp we thought maybe it was going to be kareem hunt at you know for one week and Mike then sure enough, no. yeah, yeah there you go yeah miles gaskin i'm gonna look to tight end for my number two i'm gonna look to nick muse who had a really nice preseason he has now in two years played 135 preseason snaps on offense total he's got 11 catches for 112 yards and a touchdown that's about, you know, two games worth of reps if you're playing in a regular season game. Really productive as a pass catcher. Uh, and really nice touchdown catch in Seattle uh, in the Vikings' first preseason game this year. And while he might be a little buried on the depth chart right now, he's behind Hawkinson, he's behind Oliver, he's behind Munt. The Vikings are going to use a lot of two tight end sets. Uh, this seems to be the more versatile offense than it was last year. Probably more 
line changes, if you will, bringing in more running backs, different receivers, different tight ends. I think we're going to see more bodies coming in. I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Muse finds his way on the field with his pass-catching prowess and makes some plays this season. And hey, if one person gets hurt above him on the depth chart, which very well could happen, then Nick Muse could, could really get a nice little role in this offense. So maybe a healthy scratch to start the season, but you know, wait until things start happening. People get dinged up. Nick Muse might be a sneaky pass catcher on this team. Yeah, and again, it's a potentially another hit for Quasi's first draft, the 2022 class, that a lot of fans are still patiently waiting for the top of that draft. Guys like Lewisine and Andrew Boot to pan out, but quietly under the radar, day two and day three have have looked very promising. I'll just put it that way, Sam, um, to be maybe some potential cornerstone pieces and then also some role players as well. A guy like Nick Muse. So I'm glad you called him out. All right, drum roll, please. Number one on my list. The guy you already mentioned, Sam, number five on your list. Come on. You got to bump him up your rankings a little bit. Uh, Najee Thompson, if you were to tell anybody outside of Luke Braun, by the way, check that episode out of the football mm -hmm. party, that this guy was going to make the final 53-man roster. Not just that, but he's going to be a guy who potentially excels. He stands out in one specific area of the game. I would have said you're nuts, man. Najee Thompson. Georgia Southern, I'm hesitant to call this guy a cornerback, Sam. He's just not very polished in that department yet. But where he stands out, where he makes his money, so to speak, is being this special teams demon. And as much as I kind of mentioned it before, we always love to gloss over special teams at times. It's clearly, it's still such a huge part of the game today. Coaches still heavily depend on having at least one ace out on the field that they can rely on, that they can lean into on week-to-week -week game plans. That's Najee Thompson. This is a guy who lives, breathes, eats special teams work. It's something that he's been working on diligently for years now at Georgia Southern. And he's taken clearly so much pride in his craft. And it's starting to show. You saw it in the preseason. Now you just hope that carries over to the regular season here. Uh, the Vikings needed somebody to replace Chris Boyd in that department. It feels like they found him and potentially another undrafted gem found by Quasey, bringing the total up to three with Ivan Pace Jr. and Andre Carter. If he can slowly just learn these nuances and the basics of becoming a cover corner, Sam, in the meantime, that's just kind of gravy on top. But Najee Thompson, I think the biggest wild card of the roster, he comes in at number one on my list. Yeah, that's a good one, Luke. Um, and, you know, again, not a defensive player, but special. It's hard to quantify special teams. How much it really does it is. matter? How yeah. much does it matter? Well, it matters a lot to the Vikings, and they feel like they have one of the best rookie special teamers in the league. My number one, I don't know if he qualifies, but I'm going to go with him anyway. He might be a little too high profile, but we've forgotten about him because we haven't seen him in a month, more than a month. Jalen Naylor. This guy was running with the ones in OTAs and minicamp. Remember, Addison was hurt. Jefferson was occasionally absent. Um, this guy was a first-team wide receiver and looking great doing it in the summer. One day of training camp, hurt, gone. Hadn't seen him and still haven't seen him do team drills since then. Only just recently has started to do individual drills and start to get back on the field. We have forgotten about Jalen Naylor. While he is not going to be a first-team wide receiver, not after seeing uh, Jordan Addison and what he can do, he is going to make plays this year, I think. I think that that people have stopped talking about him because they haven't seen him. Don't forget about him. He's got two weeks here to ramp up before the Bucks. He'll probably get about six practices under his belt. 
what a chance for Jalen Naylor to come on the scene this year and be a wide receiver for. And again, my theory is, is that we're going to see more of the depth showcased. I think they're going to use the third and fourth tight ends. I think they're going to use the fourth and fifth wide receivers to create more unpredictability in this offense. Jalen Naylor could be a big part of that. Liked what I saw from him last year. Loved what I saw from him this spring. Jalen Naylor, my number one wild card on these Vikings. And also he's not in danger of getting cut, I don't think. So I had to hedge my bets there a little bit. Yeah, I like that one, man. I think fans are and should be so excited for this passing game. What's this whole thing going to look like? They got the weapons at the top, obviously, with superstars like TJ Hawkinson, Justin Jefferson. You got another first-round rookie coming in with Jordan Addison. But it's also the role guys as well. Uh, pass catchers out of the backfield. Guys like Jalen Naylor now in, in year two who showed a lot of promise, a lot of flash, specifically in that Packer game week 16 last year. So it's going to be exciting. KOC's got a lot of weapons now to choose from, and I think this offense truly does have the potential, Sam, to finish in the top five in multiple categories as long as Kirk Cousins can stay upright and healthy. Um, knock on wood. Knock on wood for that one, Sam. <laughs> oh, it's on Quisenberry? Oh, we're good. Okay, he's fine. Perfect. All right. <laughs> there you go. Sixth, sixth offensive lineman. Quisenberry is eligible. Uh, there you go. Josh Oliver next to him. Seven offensive linemen, basically. Perfect. No one will ever touch him. That's today's Minnesota Sports Rankum, the show that settles debates and starts new ones. Comment below. Where'd we mess up? Where'd we have the order wrong? Should I have had Najee Thompson number one, like Luke? Let me hear about it. Thanks so much for watching and listening today. Back next week with a new list on Locked On Sports Minnesota.